0: I believe God's given me a prophetic word this morning, and uh, as I was preparing, Pastor Winona shared with me some thoughts that God dropped in her um, heart this morning, and, uh, and then during worship, Justin received a word as well. So what I'm going to do is I, I want to preach and make the prophetic declaration and, and sermon, I want to give you some thoughts, and then at the end, I've asked them to come, and we're going to release the prophetic over you this morning. Okay, I had a couple people think that was all right. Um, this line here, this line represents Limits. This line represents a limit and something that God, through His power and through His enabling grace, that at the beginning of the year we put this line down and we put words down on tape. And many people, I don't think everybody was here, but many people put a line, a word on a piece of tape to represent something that they wanted to see go beyond this year. And by the grace of God, they would go beyond what they had seen. And so this line represents a limit to maybe what you thought was possible. But beyond the line is where the grace of God smashes through and you see above and beyond what you could ever imagine. So at the end of the sermon, what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you to come forward. I'm giving you this prep because I'm planting a seed in you now. That's gonna germinate over the next 30 minutes. And at the end of the sermon, we're gonna make a prophetic declaration. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna come to the line and we are gonna extend beyond and go beyond and see a prophet, and we're gonna do a prophetic act of extending beyond. Prophetic acts are common in the scriptures. If you if you read the Old Testament, you'll find out that that one guy was told to strike the ground. And that was a prophetic act. And the number of times he struck the ground and then the prophet said to him, why did you stop? Moses was prophetic. He took, he took a, a, a snake and he grabbed it by the tail and became a staff. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Change of physical Properties. This is the miraculous working and the power of God. We limit God to say, well, he can only do this or that. He took a snake and turned it into a staff. He didn't even use the same properties. He made it completely different properties. And then he laid it down again and it became a snake. And it said that when he grabbed it, it was, became his staff. And it says when he lifted up his staff, the people that looked towards it were healed. And Jesus then goes into the New Testament and he explains the prophetic act of how, where he says when the Son of Man is lifted up, he'll draw all men to him. So this morning I believe we're going to establish and see some prophetic acts. And today is a day that you are going to want to mark in your calendar. I'm going out on a limb, and I've not brought a saw with me. I'm not cutting the limb off. I'm standing on that limb. But I'm going to make some declarations today because I believe God is in this place. And I have found when I read his word, I can't go wrong reading his word. And when, we, when Ty and Denine were here, they, just, they, they did an amazing an amazing little example and of how to walk into prophetic where they read a scripture verse and then they just said, okay, God's going to highlight one or two words in that scripture verse and then you go stood behind somebody and you just release that. Don't complicate the prophetic. Read God's word. It says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If you want to see things happen, you start talking about Jesus. Pastor Winona and I had that. We had dinner with a couple. And as we were talking, they were asking us a few questions and and Winona said something and then started to share and, and, and as she was starting to share, she started to say what God was doing in her and what she'd learned and then, a couple minutes later, the, the individuals that we were talking to, one of them said, did you recognize or did you feel a, a certain a presence or a spirit or, or, or whatever? And, and Winona goes, no. And she says, well, you know what? I, was, I, I got a headache from it. And, and, and as you were talking, and she says, and I was going to start taking dominion and, and speaking over it in my mind. She says, and as soon as you started talking and testifying of what Jesus did, it left. There's a power that resides in us that we need to learn how to let out. We got to become Clark Kent Christians, (laughs) find a telephone booth and get changed. And you turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy. um, And ushers, you can hand out those notes. Thank you very much. I've got one page of notes. I'm going to try to get through that one page of notes. But if you could turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy, and I want to read chapter 31, verses 1 to 8. This is my main text this morning. And I'm going to be reading out of the New American Standard. And if you have your Bibles, turn there. If you don't have your Bibles, I'm pretty sure Cora, in her skill, she gets them up there very quickly. This is Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 to 8. Hopefully I have enough paid papers out there. If, If there's not enough, if a husband and a wife, if you could share just so that everybody gets it. But I'm going to start reading Deuteronomy 31, verse 1. So Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I'm 120 years old today, and I'm no longer to come and go. As the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross this Jordan. It is the Lord your God who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you, just as the Lord has spoken. The Lord will do to them, just as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will deliver them up before you, and you shall do to them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous, don't be afraid or tremble at all, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you, He will not fail you or forsake you. Then Moses called to Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall give it to them as an inheritance. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. This morning we are going to enter into the promised land and what's what's interesting is in the context of Deuteronomy when i grew up i always thought of Deuteronomy as a bunch of do's and don'ts you do this you live you don't do it you die but when you take some time and you look at Deuteronomy, it's a picture of God's love for his people, Israel. It's a, it's a passage that literally only takes about two months of time. So it's, it's written, and it only takes about a two-month picture of time. Moses is near the end of his de- uh, life, getting prepared to pass on and... and He's giving these instructions to the children of Israel and he's rehearsing things to the children of Israel. The book Deuteronomy in the Hebrew means, and these words. And if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1, it says that in some of the versions it will say, and Moses spoke these words. The Septuagint, which is the Greek New Testament, I'm giving you a Bible school class, like, At the end of this class, you're going to have a certificate of Deuteronomy. Um, But in the Septuagint, which is the Greek Old Testament, so they took the Old Testament and translated it from Hebrew to Greek, the word Deuteronomy means second law. The second law. Which is an amazing picture of grace to think about. Moses had the first law God etched the first law had stone, he came down and he smashed them. And God didn't give up on the people there, but he called them back and he wrote the law again. Think about the grace in that picture. Some of you, God has spoken to you words and given you commands, and given you instructions, and quite frankly, we've made a mistake. I'm here to tell you, God says there's a Deuteronomy for you. There's a second. He has not given up on you, He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't said, no, that's enough, forget it. He said, no, I'm here, and my grace is sufficient for you, and I will pour out, and I will give you a chance. I will give you the second, and I've got ways for you. In fact, I want to take you, and I have this beautiful land ahead of you that I want for you, and I'm preparing you, and I'm going to take you into that land. Some of that land for you might be literally land. Some of that land for you might be peace of mind. Some of that land for some of you may be a marital um, peace or marital relationship. Some of you, that might be a, a relationship that you'd like restored. Whatever that is, and some of you are identifying it as I'm speaking, the Spirit is talking to you right now, identifying things in you that he wants to make you exceed and go beyond. Expect the miraculous when you expect God in your life. Expect the miraculous. If you look at the battles that Israel fought, they very rarely did they have anything that made sense as their weapon. Gideon, I want you to have... A torch and a bucket. And you're gonna defeat a group of like a hundred thousand people with three hundred. Tell me where in the book of commanding armies that is a good strategy. It isn't, but with God it is. David, you're a teenager. Nobody even knows you. Your dad doesn't even think you're worthy to be considered one of his sons. And he sends you out to take care of the sheep. The prophet comes and says, I've got somebody I want to anoint as the next king. And David doesn't even get called to be there. Can you imagine the therapy that would incur today? My family called all my brothers and not me now, I have eight brothers so I can imagine the intense conversations I would have if my parents invited all of my other brothers and left me out and my name's David by the way <laughs> and then God says no David where where is the other one there's somebody else and he goes oh yeah there's one he's out taking care of the sheep it's like an afterthought. God says, "Tell him tell him to bring him here." That did not immediately promote David. He kept doing what he kept doing. He it didn't just he didn't he didn't automatically become king status even though God spoke that word over him. He went back tending the sheep. Then his dad says, I want you to deliver some cheese. He's like the pizza delivery guy. Go to the army and deliver cheese. And he goes and he brings the cheese for his brothers. So, whenever somebody asks you for cheese, think of David and what happened when, when David delivered the cheese. And he sees a giant. And the giant would stand up and holler. At the nation of Israel and there was not found one person, not even the king, who was willing to go fight that giant. And he had his army there. And you get this kid who shows up delivering cheese who says, who is this guy that he defies the army of the living God? And what does he do? It ends up, and if you ask Pastor Winona, you'll get the story mixed up and in the wrong sequence chronologically because she had some defects when she went to Sunday school. But our Sunday school teaches the children the correct order. And David, after he tried on Saul's armor, said, it's not good enough, I can't wear it. And he goes to the brook and he grabs five stones. And they were not large because he took them and so they would have to be... A sizable one that he could turn around and sling. And a little stone changed the course of a nation. That is not conventional army battle tactics. So this morning as I'm speaking prophetically over you, some of you, the Holy Spirit's talking right now and giving you thoughts or ideas. You need to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit speaks to you because he might be giving you this idea that you go, how does that work? Write it down, bring it to God, because I believe that today is a day that you are going to experience victory that you've never experienced before. And I want to give you some thoughts in that regard. If you go back to the beginning of Deuteronomy, I want to share, I I found it interesting. Forty years, the children of Israel wandered in the desert. Do you know how long, if they would have gone from Egypt to the Promised Land, do you know how long that journey would have taken them as a nation? Eleven years. Days. Eleven days journey took him forty years. Eleven days. Forty years. After the first year, it says in the first three or four verses of Deuteronomy 1, God says, You've been encamped around this mountain long enough. So God was ready to move them in after about the first year. And the reason why was he was establishing some principles and laws with them in that first year. Moses sends out some spies, 12 spies, one from each tribe. And 10 of them come back and they say, yeah, the land's good, but have you seen who we got to beat up to get there? And we're like grasshoppers in their sight. What's funny is, after they go into the Promised Land, you find out that the people in the Promised Land had the same complex. They had heard of Israel and what was happening. And they had the same view of Israel as Israel had of them. And this is not, I'm not talking about playing a game of intimidation and manipulation, because that takes a lot of effort and energy and memory. I'm talking about playing the game according to the way God says it. Reading his word and doing what he commands and instructs and directs you to do. If he's not talking to you right now, don't make something up. Because that becomes a whole world of hurt. But I believe God's speaking to some of you right now and identifying things in your life that he wants to change and he wants to change it now. And some of you have been battling it for 11 days and some of you have been battling it for what you think has been like 40 years. And I'm here to tell you, today is the day. Look at somebody and say, today is the day. Say it in Spanish, Marjorie. God was prepared from the beginning. I'm trying to put a little bit of context to Deuteronomy 31. God was prepared from the beginning to move them in. What an amazing picture of grace that God didn't give up, to, up on them in 40 years. Now, yes, that generation passed away. But God didn't just take the next ones and say, yeah, your parents weren't with it. I'm just getting rid. No, He stuck and he said, no, I'm going to give you the land. In fact, what's pretty amazing and pretty cool about this is is the the picture of grace in Deuteronomy is God speaks to Moses and he says, oh, by the way, this group that's going into the promised land, they're going to make mistakes. God knew ahead of time that they were going to take other things and put them in front of God. And God says, but I promised them to take them into the promised land. And they're the generation to do it. So let me say this. God may move you into the promised land. You still may make a mistake. But God has not given up on you. He knew, he's, it, it, sometimes I think we get into the promised land and we think there's no more issues, there's no more battles, and life is like, it's like, oh, this is amazing. No, there will still be battles, there will still be struggles, there will still be choices to make, and if you make the wrong one, you will hamper yourself and harm yourself. But what God says is, I'm still there for you, and I brought you there, and I will be there with you when you call on me. It's amazing. Because if, if I was in charge of the promised land, like if, if, it took, if I had to stamp your ticket, I'd probably have a couple clauses in there. If you do this, I'd probably use the word never will you see this. Come on. Can we be honest and human about this? Because God is not man. And sometimes we put God in the mindset of how we think. But he is so far and so beyond and so above our thoughts that he says, I'm giving you the promised land and I know you're actually going to make mistakes. But if you call on me, I'm going to answer you. If you seek me with all your heart, I'll be found of you. We serve an amazing God. God does not ask us to be perfect. He says be holy and be holy, but he does not demand perfection. Now, he's a perfect God dealing with an imperfect person. But he says he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to progress, and it says to move from glory to glory to glory. So I'm not saying that you don't have a goal and you don't look at things and say, I want to become more like Christ. That is what God is saying. We want to become more like him. Our life should be a continual revolution and a continual movement to becoming more like him. But don't beat yourself up if you think you're perfect and then you stub your toe. It's not a book of do's and don'ts. It's a book demonstrating God's commitment to his people and his faithfulness. It's a book that gives us reasons for obedience and doing. I want to give you some of the key words from the book of Deuteronomy. Some of the key words. And as I say this, you're going to say, legalism legalism no this is not legalism God was establishing his covenant and saying listen this is what I have for you because they had rejected the Abrahamic covenant he's establishing a covenant with them saying this is a picture of a relationship with Christ and this is what I'm expecting do you do realize that as a believer of Christ it is my obligation to honor and obey my Savior now my responsibility because of the grace he's given me does not get lowered. In fact, my responsibility to live a righteous life increases because of his grace. I believe in the love of God, but I also believe in doing the right thing. And so some of the key words, do, keep, keep observe. Those three words are actually two Hebrew words. It's used uh, 164 times in that one book. Can you imagine a keynote address? Do. Keep. Observe. Do. Keep. Observe. I'm not trying to be heavy. What I'm trying to do is show you that the promised land and how you want to live in the promised land, God shows you the way to succeed with his blessing and his goodness. Because I want every single one of you to grow, to exceed, and to see you excel in what God has given you. But it requires us doing, keeping, and observing. And the model for that is how Jesus did it. 164 times. And then not only that, but then there's a few other words, and I would suggest to you they're similar. Hear, heard, hearken. Love, hearts, remembrance. Another 156 times. I did the math. That's over 300 times he has a similar thought, words, or message going to the people. And so this morning, as we are going to take some steps and we're going to walk into the promised land, I want to give you some tools and some ways that you will stay in the promised land, enjoying the promise and not having heartache, grief, and all the other stuff that can come with that. Do you know that success can be more deadly than failure? I want you to succeed, but the last thing I want you to do, and in the book of Deuteronomy, he says, they're going to prosper so much that they're going to turn around and say, it's because of what I've done that I prospered. Because of my success, I am successful, not because of him. I'm prospered because I've made good decisions. I've done this. I've done that. Don't go there. Today, you are going to move forward into the promises of what God has for you. And what I want you to do is I want you to continue in those. And that's the good life. That's a good thing. So let's move to the notes, because I've laid down enough. What I want you to see is three things out of Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 to 8. First thing I want you to see is God's position or his place. Moving into God's provision for your life and into his promised land, I want you to see God's place or his position in that. The first thing, and, and I just wrote down in your notes the verse and then some of the words in there. God will cross ahead of you. His position is he's going to move ahead of you. He's already done what he said he was going to do. He has already done what he said he was going to do. And he moves ahead of you. (laughs) As I'm saying that, I'm getting this funny cartoon picture of a guy afraid to do something, standing with his heels dug into the ground, and a guy pushing him behind him, and you see the dust. God's not like that. You know, he's not like pushing this stiff board trying to get no God's God says, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead of you and I'm gonna cross over the Jordan and I'm ahead of you. So what is it that you're facing? God has already spoken to you and said he's ahead of you. Addictions, habits, mindsets, mental health. I I find it interesting. Somebody can get physically ill. We give them three, four days, they get better. But somebody struggles a little bit in their mind, and we shut them off, and we push them away. Can we help somebody that maybe struggles with their mind? God says, I'm already done there, and I'm already there. I'm ahead of you. Look at, look at these. I, I, I want to build your faith. That word ahead of you actually refers to face and it talks about proximity. He's close to you. He's not like three blocks ahead of you saying, Can you hear me? Can you find me? Peekaboo, I see you. Do you see me? No. He's like, I'm right here with you. I'm ahead of you. So as you picture this, if you're walking and you see something, who's going to see that first? You or God? He's going to see it first. He goes with you. I love this. God doesn't say, here's an idea, see you later, let me know how it works out. As a good parent, he doesn't just shove you in the pool and say, swim! Well, maybe in some situations he does, but he's also in the water swimming with you. I know steps of faith sometimes require that, but I'll tell you, every step of faith you take, he's there with you. He doesn't stand here and say, take those three steps of faith. He doesn't turn his back. He's there. He'll not fail you, verse 5. In other words, he's not going to grow slack, release you, or let go. Some of you, God is putting things in your mind I'm here to tell you, he's not going to fail you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. He's not going to abandon you. That's a huge thing in today's day and age. Abandonment. Abandonment issues. And they're real. And sometimes because of what we've experienced, we place that also in our relationship with God. He's like, no, I'm not going to do what you've experienced, I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. We were talking about raising a hallelujah in the middle of the storm. You want to have some fun? You go through something and you keep smiling. People either think you're crazy Actually, that's probably what they'll think. I don't know if they got many other choices. He goes ahead of you again in verse 8. He's with you. In fact, if you read this, it's twice that he repeats these things. In like six verses, he repeats it twice. That's God's place, his position. What's his involvement? I wrote down there a real powerful thing. Before you do, God has already done. You want to circle that because sometimes we think God isn't going to do anything till we do and I'm here to tell you he's done it already because time he's not constricted by time. God's involvement I like this he's going to destroy which means to exterminate to make unusable to make Irreparable. He is going to take that that's ahead of you and what you think is impossible, he's going to exterminate it, he's going to make it unusable, and it's going to be irreparable. That's the God who wants to take you into his promised land. If you go to the promised land now in today's day and age, the land of Israel, the physical land of Israel, do you know that the cows produce more milk there than anywhere else in the world? They grow more vegetables per capita there in space of land than anywhere else in the world. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing. That's what God wants to do. with. He wants you to have, like, crazy good things. I... For 40 years, their shoes didn't wear out. That's better than any pair of Reeboks or Nike that you can buy. 40 years. He fed them. He fed them. He got so, they got complaining. He he caused these quail to feed a million people plus. It was stacked so high around the camp, it was like feet thick of meat of the quail. God's involvement. He's going to destroy them. He will do to them as he did to. Sometimes God will break. You'll see a victory now, and God's going to say, just like that happened, that's how I'm going to do it in the future. And he refers to two kings, the king of Sihon, I think it is, and the king of Bashan. One of those kings had like 60 cities underneath him. God will deliver them up to you. Think of that. What the enemy thought would kill you and destroy you, God's going to turn around and give that to you. What what the enemy thought would be your Achilles heel and your deficit, God says, no, we're going to take that. I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to make it irreparable. And then I'm going to give it to you and you're going to walk around with this victory, and every time the enemy looks at you, he's going to see that I delivered that into your hand. And it is no longer going to hold you down. And the last thing in, the, in there in God's involvement is He would. he said he would do it. This is something that I'm learning to quit arguing with God when he tells me he's going to do it. Quit arguing with God. He says he's going to do it. Keep it simple, Stunenberg. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Why? Because he said so. My dad says he's going to do something. I don't doubt my dad. He's proven me wrong so many times because he just does it. Your dad, your heavenly father, said he's going to do it. Are you smarter than him? I'll leave that one there. Man's response. Because every time God is involved, there is a response from us. Now what's amazing is God moves in the miraculous And so when we agree and partner with what he's doing in the heavenlies, he lets us become partakers of the supernatural. It's not something I've done, it's what he's done, but it's like he lets me go in for the ride. He's like the little child riding along with their dad, smiling. The child did nothing, but they just get to go along with their dad. And our response is, to dispossess them which basically means do dep- deprive them of the possession of that territory dispossess go in there and just literally say you no longer own this piece of land end of story period I have dispossessed you of this. This isn't a fight. This isn't a battle. God said, just go in and dispossess them. Go in there and say, this is my territory. Talking about mental health. Go there and just say, no, God says he gives me a peace and a mind that is sure and strong. And he gives sleep to those that are his beloved. That's where I stand. So sleep, deprivement. You must leave because the king says, that's what's for me. Read his word and then say, that's his promise for me. That's where I'm going to stand and I'm going to tell that situation. No longer boss. I have the king of kings who said, I take this territory. Cancer. No. No. No, I'm not afraid of the C word because I've got a stronger C word. It's Christ. Addictions, habits, pornography, drugs, alcohol, I don't care. God says, you go in there and dispossess, say no more. You are no longer the judge or the ruler of this land. God is and he told me to come here and stand here. Just keep it simple. Do what he says. Let them argue with God. I'm getting a little radical. I'm tired of seeing issue after issue after issue after issue bringing people to their knees and defeating them. When we serve a God that is a king over all, that's given me victory over sickness and health, he says, speak the word. I'm tired of that, and I want to see the victory that God has for me. And what if he doesn't? I don't care if he doesn't. What if he does? We come up with so many excuses. Why not? Let's come up with excuses why he can You need a miracle? Go to God. i got to stop here. Do what you're commanded to do. God tells you to do something. Do it. I don't think that needs a whole lot of explanation. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not fear. Do not tremble. Don't be anxious. Don't live in apprehension. Don't live in awe of the enemy. But be strengthened. Don't be shattered by what's around you. Don't be dismayed by what's happening around you. But say, no, the king of kings said that this is my portion, so I'm going to start living where he tells me to go. And when somebody says, do you have any rights? I'm not only a squatter, I'm the son of the king of kings, and I have the right to take this land. Man does his word. God keeps his word. Man, let's stand. If I could have Justin and Winona, if you could come forward. If this morning, if this line represents where you thought you could only go, this morning we're going to do some prophetic act and we're just going to step over into the promise. So if that's you this morning, and it might be all of you, it might be some of you, but if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you to come up to this line, and we're going to do a prophetic act this morning where we're going to see ourselves stepping into what God has for you. So I want to encourage you this morning, come forward. Pastor Winona and Justin have a word to share.
1: Just, Just as you're making your way, I love going into the prayer room. Sunday mornings before church. It's one of my favorite places to be. Cora often finds me in there. And as I sat down with my Bible and my iPad this morning, I sat down and I heard these words. Daughter, today is the day. And I was like, oh, okay, Lord. And I got my iPad out to write what the Lord had to say, and then it was quiet. And I was like, oh, Lord, this is interesting. Today is the day. That in and of itself is impactful. And uh, five years ago, Pastor David had been preaching on territory. They preached the whole year on possessing the territory, taking territory. A year later, I was diagnosed with cancer, and I said, if I have to do this, there's territory that we are taking. I'm taking territory personally, and we said, this house is taking territory. If we were going to walk through this together, and we had to do this battle, we were going to come out the other side with a reward, with territory, with the spoils of war, with new weaponry, new equipment, spiritual upgrades. So that's the precursor to this. So when I sat down this morning and I heard the words and he said to me, daughter, today is the day It is a corporate declaration and decree on this house, but it is also an individual decree in whatever area you're dealing with. But I want you to understand that it's bigger than me. This is bigger than you. It is bigger than Pastor David. It is bigger than any one of us. It does involve our individual territories, but it involves a corporate territory, a territory that Ty and Deneen spoke to two weeks ago. If you weren't here, please go listen online to that message and take notes. So this is what some of the things the Lord said to me. So as I just sat there, I was reading my Bible And then the Lord began to speak. And some of you may identify with that, with some of this. Today I am rising up and I will bring justice to those places where injustice has occurred. If you have experienced injustice in your life, he is bringing justice today. I am writing things. I am restoring sevenfold. I am restoring what has been destroyed, stolen, or taken. I am restoring it better than it was. Better than it was. Those places will be more fruitful, more productive, more wealthy, more healthy, stronger, more. The word more is the banner over those places. They will be more than before. What the enemy has meant for evil, I am coming in for my glory. I am restoring and it will be greater than before. See me move in the barren areas. I am bringing what was dead, barren, to life. If you have a dead and barren area in your life, he is breathing life into it right now, today. I am bringing what was not there. I am filling in the missing pieces and the connections. I am filling in the missing pieces and connections and what was not there is there. This is a God who created the universe in six days by his mouth. I am bringing life. Today is the day. Today is the day. What was before today is different today. I am clicking and locking things in place. Areas in your life that are missing or misfiring, he is locking it into place now. Areas that are misfiring, it's just been a misfire. There's a bit of missing. He is correcting that and he is locking it into place now. It will no longer misfire. It will fire and connect. Strongholds that have been held over your life are being broken right now. Today. Today. Strongholds. Incorrect thinking. Areas in our thinking that have allowed the enemy to come in and lie to us. That is being broken now in the name of Jesus. Today, you are stepping into new territory. It is a new day, new territory. The battle is over. The birthing is finished. The labor pains are finished. A birthing has occurred. Remember this day. It is the birthday of the new season. Today is the birthday of the new season. It is the birthday of the promised land. Everywhere your foot treads, I have given you. Everywhere you venture in the spirit, I have given you. This territory is yours. It is yours to occupy. It is yours to rule. I have given you dominion in this territory. You have authority over it. The battle has been hard and long, but you have fought valiantly. You have rested in me and my finished work. You have rested in me and you have come through this battle, tried, tested, and proven. Your weapons and your armor are pure, solid, and effective. This is a corporate word over our house of stepping into new territory. Today, decree... Today is the day. Today is the birthday. Today. (laughs) Hear me. The title deed of this territory has been given to us. The deed, the title, the legal paperwork has been given to us. Around then, Pastor David arrived into the prayer room. And I'm like, what are you preaching on today? And he began to tell me, and I just started weeping. And I said, today is the day. So this morning, I don't know how you want to do this.
2: During worship, I, just, I this just, this word just kept going through my head. And it was just celebrate. And, you know, it was kind of, it was interesting that we were doing communion today. And it's, you know, we're celebrating what Jesus did for us. And it's just like, celebrate, what a joyous day. <laughs> like, we just need to celebrate more. And it was just like, celebrate what God has done for you. Can you just, like, what do you just think about? Just celebrate, like, it's amazing. He died on the cross so that you could live forever with him in heaven. He was willing to sacrifice his life for you. How amazing is that? Like, uh, and just during the entire worship time, all that I had going through the right it was just, just a party. We were just celebrating. We were just having a good time. It was just like, wow, what has God done for us? It is finished. It is completed. Let's just celebrate. So when Pastor David has you step over that line, when you step over, just celebrate. Just you know, dance, just yell, just scream, just do something that's celebrate. Just celebrate what God has done for you in walking into your new territory.
0: Amen. So get ready. Got your dancing shoes on? This is a prophetic act, but things are going to happen in the Spirit. As you step over, whether you step, dance, shout, whatever, this is a celebration I want you to say, today is the day, and then just take a step over. So I'll say, today is the day. Join me, and then step over. Today is the day. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Bless everyone here, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we speak your blessing. We speak your blessing. We release your blessing over everyone here. Lord, will there be changes in their environments, in their situations? Lord, will they see the concrete work of God that is undeniable? Lord, will they see that now in the steps of faith? And we will say, today is the day, and we celebrate your goodness. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. greet somebody, bless somebody. Today is the day.